You know you're created for more. Now let's do something about it. Welcome to Project You, the space for you to embrace the I can, I will philosophy and finally start making progress toward your dreams, goals, and desires. Be kind, supportive, and remember every day that the blueprint for you is within. I'm Cami Craig Lyman, and today let's work on Project You. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Project You. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's a very special day for all of us that's listening because I have a very dear friend, sweet friend that I've met over the probably, what would you say, last year? Well, you and I probably met the first time seven years ago, but yes, over the last year. Yes, seven years ago. She is right. But I, <laughs> I, I've been magnetic to this woman um, for probably the past year. And I say that this is special because anyone that can come forth and share a story that isn't a very pleasant story and shed light on it and share that there is light beyond some darkness is is a beautiful human and this is who uh, this woman is to not only herself and her family but to her peers and to um, strangers around her I've watched it with my very own eyes and I want to so kindly and so graciously welcome Von Galen Zirconi. Good work. <laughs> yeah. And um, she's going to share her story with us. And we're going to have this authentic conversation about grief and how to deal with grief and that it sucks. Yep. So, Von Galen, if you can, uh, let's let's have some insight, give some insight yeah, to some why we're here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I uh, certainly wish it was under different circumstances or under a different topic, but the topic is valuable and you nailed it when we shed light on things that are hard everyone grows everyone benefits and there's a healing nature to it so um in 2016 i gave birth to my second child my beautiful boy jacob who was perfect and growing and lovely and at six weeks he out of nowhere he died um it wasn't sids which we can talk about sids all day long as well it was he's not okay gone off a cliff. So, um, my daughter who is six, almost seven now was three and a half at the time. And so then you've got this younger child and you've got this perfect world. And I'll tell you that my husband and I planned for two kids. We planned for Zoe and Jake and we had them and then rug out from underneath us. So, um, Jake was one day shy of six weeks old. He was growing perfectly. He was healthy and beautiful. We went on a family vacation with a bunch of my husband's college buddies up to Tahoe. So we were on West Shore and uh, Jake made a weird noise. And I thought, that's that's odd. That doesn't sound right. We were with friends who are medical. And I remember throwing Jake into their hands and saying, like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And they said, his airway's clear. His color looks good. Um, And mother's intuition. I knew it wasn't okay. So we went to the hospital and, um, I love, I love the hospital very much. I will say that you don't want to have a six week old infant in a rural hospital. You just don't, they don't want them there either. So I was, I knew that and I was worried. Um, and when we got there, I didn't know at the time, but looking back at the records with my family and my friends who were medical professionals, his stats had already tanked. So when we walked in the door, there was no saving him. Ox is down, oxygen, sorry, uh, pulse is down. They couldn't balance it. We ended up being care flighted many hours later. 
I fully believe that he had already gone at that point. Um, and they took him to Davis and, uh, and he was gone. So we waited, um, eight months for autopsy results. And when they came back, the autopsy results said pneumonia and it was because his lungs were damaged. And I had watched them do CPR on my six week old and break everything from the inside out for hours. There's no way his lungs weren't damaged. Like, so I did, I think that yes, his lungs were damaged and no, you didn't have another answer. So there you go. Um, my pediatrician feels the same way. Nobody's fault. It is what it is. Um, and that baby wasn't sick. I mean, the woman that I spend six days a week with my dear friend, she's a pediatric oncology nurse. Our other friend is a nurse. My sister's a PA. She was with me the night he died. I mean, that baby wasn't sick. Um, and so often, I don't think a lot of people know this, but as adults, we, we are deter if we start to deteriorate, it takes time. Kids and babies, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Off that cliff gone. And that's the really scary part. Um, I've been told by multiple people that I trust very much that I could have been standing outside of LA children's hospital when he made the noise and they probably could not have saved him. Whether or not that's true, doesn't really matter. It gives me a little bit of peace of mind, um, to think like, okay, there's no what ifs there. Right. Not to say there weren't, but not much you could do. So we lost Jacob on um, September 16th to 17th. It was over the course of the course of the night. So those two days have real resonance for me. Um, and that's been just over three years. So he would have been th- closing in on three and a half here and, and having a great time. So it's interesting to think about that. Well, <laughs> as I gather myself, <laughs> um, I just want to say, number one, thank you for sharing. Yes. Uh, number two... What a tragic, tragic story. Yeah. Um, what a tragic situation. And um, to know who you are today and to feel your energy as you told that story of three years ago. Um, obviously, so much growth and so much healing in between. Yeah. Right? And you chose that. Yeah. Great point. It's a choice um, and not one that everyone can make in a quick amount of time, but certainly one that we all need to focus on if we want to move through that light. So, um, something else, I mean, when I had Zoe, I had such bad postpartum depression. So I thought that that was the thing that needed the light, um, at the time. And I was honored and proud to share that piece. And so who knew that it was going to be so much worse down the road, but both of those moving through both of those was a choice. Absolutely. Uh, as a mother of two children and um, feeling that presence of them all the time and, and feeling the joy of them all the time because we both know, Von Galen, that these children are a gift from God. So special. Right? And they're so special and it's everything. And um, tell me and tell the subscribers of Project You because really at the end of the day, this podcast was was made and I know without a shadow of a doubt it was for everyone to help to become yeah right and there's so many people that don't talk about this whatever we were talking before but whatever that we feel inside that's kind of uncomfortable yeah we don't talk about yep shove it down shove it down yep shove it down put it on the shelf put it on the rug not gonna do it you know and so this is where I really admire and honor you and I thank you but what's what is it that is is helping you become your best version, even though that this is such a tragic loss? Because you're right. Not a lot of people are can do this. No. Um, 
first, I'm, I think it's so important to note that my journey through grief is my journey through grief. And while I have a lot that I can offer, it's all from my perspective and my experience. And in no way do I expect that it's going to move everyone else, speak to everyone else, be for everyone else. I 100% can say that the lovely human beings that came to me right after we lost Jacob, who had suffered similar things and meant well, and I have since grown to be okay with that, in that moment, it was, you did not lose, you are not me. You did not lose my son. That's you right. do not know who I am. And that's true and hard um, because I now, being on the, not the other side, but being more in their corner than I was in my corner at that moment, I can understand. We just want to help and hold your hand. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. So you have to be really mindful of it. I think that the biggest thing, it's so funny because in this day and age, right, you're right. We shove everything down and we all want to look perfect, but then we all say we want to look authentic and it's hard to be both. And there's a lot of talk around self-care, right? I mean, this is your jam. It's your jam. (laughs) So we so rarely can really step into treating ourselves the way we need and honor and, and should treat ourselves. Um, this gave me this gave me the chance to do that. And it, that was not a choice. It was the only way to survive is to fully listen to exactly what I need at that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not have to go back to a job. My husband had to go back to a job. And I truly believe that there is a huge part of my healing process that is because I did not have to go back and be on right. for somebody else, right? And so I'm forever grateful to my husband for for being that person so I could walk through my grief the way I have. Um, it was get outside. A lot of it was get outside, right? So there's something magic about nature. There's something healing about it. You can stand out in the terrible gusting wind or a snowstorm. And when you're in grief, that's the best place to be. Mm-hmm. Or you can sit in the woods or you can sit in a field. And I'll tell you, there were more times than I can count. I would keep, sh- I mean, I still keep shoes in my car just in case I want to go outside for a minute, but I would pull over on the side of the road and be like, where can I go? And here in Reno, we're real lucky. Like I'm going to pull over and yes. go up that mountain. Yes. We're outside. Okay. Um, but granting myself that, that ability, I need to lay down right now. I need to go for a drive right now. I need to lay in the sun right now. Right. I need it, to be alone right now. And listening to that, I think it, I, I don't think I had another choice. I think that's just the way it was at that point. If we could all listen to ourselves, okay, not all the time, yes. but truly when we hear our, our, inners, our inner world, our soul, our body telling us, you need to lay down, what can we do in that moment to honor that as much as possible, we're going to be better for it. So if that means you need to take two minutes and sit quietly without any distractions, that can be better if you can't lay down in that moment. It seems as if you had no other choice than to slow down. Yeah. And to slow down. And I just spoke about this um, in previous podcasts, Inspiration, and one before. It's like, listen to the whisper. Yes. I love that. Yes. And that's your gut. And for some that yes. are spiritual, that's God. For some that whatever are universe, that's whatever. But yeah. really, we're being told all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, but instead, we're driving in our car. We're, we have to get to A and B, just like I was on the way here to see you. Totally. And, 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 and but if we slow down, we see. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's always been, at least in, in our generation, I think, there's always been this, like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Oh, look at me. Like, how are you? Oh, so busy. Right. And I've heard so much recently that says, let's take that that metal away. Let's take that away as, um, 
as a thing to be proud of. Right. Why aren't we, why are we trying to be so busy? Why aren't we slowing down? Right. And I will tell you that in, in this moment today, I know that I have said yes to too many things and I'm trying to figure out where can I resolve some of that. Sure. And my whole life has been busy, 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 busy. And my, you know, my, my mother will be like, yep, she's been going since day one. <laughs> and you're right. It made me say nothing matters except for my daughter, yeah. my husband, myself and not in that order when I was in deep deep grief it was my daughter number one because we're parents and me number two and then Mm -hmm. everything else fell away and we'll talk probably a little bit about marriage and how that goes but um there was no other choice and I think when we continue to push through grief into the things we should do or have to do and we don't give ourselves the space to to understand what we need and want that's going to lengthen the time we're going to grieve probably yeah it's gonna be longer than what we need yeah what helped you beyond nature yeah um move through the grief so nature is such a big part and i will tell you that i can i can feel it today where i know i used to go outside into just into my backyard every night before i went to bed and i'd stand outside and look at the sky i would breathe in i remember laying i was in a t-shirt and and jeans it was winter of 2016 it was christmas and it was that amazing snow year our backyard's filled with snow and i was laying in the snow could not feel the cold and there were ice crystals i mean i've had some amazing moments outside and i don't go outside as much anymore because i'm back to life right like how it should be and i remind myself whoa go outside dude just get outside take a breath yeah that's so crucial so i think that that's a really important one going on walks and moving my body in some way um that doesn't mean working out in the same way. And we can definitely talk about that because I think it's a really fascinating part of the grief subject, but um, moving your body in some way that speaks to you. And for me, that morphed a lot over the course of my, it's still morphing over the course of my grief work. What worked for me once doesn't work for me now, didn't work for me then, might've worked at that point, but the length of time I'm able to mentally tune into a physical activity it's different. That's cool. It's really interesting. It was frustrating yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, people giving me the opportunity, much like today, to yeah. say Jacob's name and to talk about him as though he were a person because he was. Um, I'm always so grateful to get to say his name and to share with people. And we get so uncomfortable, so I value so much that you have reached out and been open with me on this one. We get so uncomfortable when people cry and when people have emotion, right? It's really hard. Yeah. That's something I've learned through this is like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and it's not weakness. Yes. It's just real. Yeah. And um, so getting the chance to say his name, when people have asked me about him, when somebody else has the courage to say his name, it is the most beautiful thing. So when people, when I come across people who have lost someone, I'm quick to say, I'm so sorry about your father, your child, your whomever, your dog. Please tell me what their name was. And then I am really cognizant about using their name in conversation. Um. I'll never forget you saying the other day, um, it's, 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 it's a little bit more painful yeah. to say, and I'll, I'll yeah. share with how you shared it, but Hey, Von Galen, ho- hope you're doing well. I mean, when's the last time that you thought about Jacob? Yep. And then put my and head put down, their, chin down and eyes down like, fudge, did I just say his name? And then your words get quiet, yes. right? Everything recoils. Right. And does mm-hmm. that make you feel uncomfortable that I said him, his name like that? And why? So... It's not the fact that you said his name or asked or anything. It's the emotion because what that does is it then sets me up to feel like I should feel a certain way as the mother who lost her child. 
if I'm in a great place right then and I'm moving, it's not that he's not on my mind. It's that I'm, I'm in a great place. And we as humans, doesn't matter what's going on in our life. We have good moments and we have down moments and it can fluctuate. So when people, when people kind of recoil, I feel like I have to say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're uncomfortable about this situation about yeah. my son having died. That's hard. So there was a woman uh, who said, you know, like, I know, I know why I know you. This is what I said to you. Yeah. I know why I know you. And I said, why? And she said, I met you in breastfeeding class with Jacob. And she knew he had passed and she just said it. And she loud and proud, loud and proud. I, and like, that's where she met me. She knew him. (laughs) She met him. And I was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having the courage to say where, you know, me say his name, say it like he's a normal human being. Yeah. It sucks. Thank you. And you know, then we, we continued on and she said, I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry. And it's true, right? But instead of me yeah, having sorry. to comfort you now, yeah, it's a conversation. That's right. And I realize that we're scared to say it, but I will tell you that there is not one time, not once since I've lost Jacob, where I've come across someone who has lost someone else and I have said it like, hey, I'm so sorry about Something whoever this is. Yes. There's not one moment where they've been confused or upset or or torn down, they say, thank you. And it's, yes, it's, it's easier for me to say it that way because I, I am saying it from a place of equality, from a peer stance. I'm not saying yeah. it from anywhere else, but it doesn't have to be like that. Everyone can say that and acknowledge pain and acknowledge hurt. Yeah, I agree. And tell their truth. And that segues into what did hurt. Oh, okay. So you are someone that in your podcast, at least, I mean, even just today, you talk about faith and you talk about God and heaven. I am not a person that is on that track. I'm spiritual. Um, I'm not religious, if that makes sense. Um, I think that so many times, and it's always meant from such a good place. People say, well, he's in heaven now. He's an angel. Jesus is holding him. I, ch- I just really challenge people to consider that that might not be the belief of someone else and it can hurt. And I know that that sounds hard, but if that's, if that's your belief and that makes you feel good, I'm so glad it does not make me feel good to think that there was a plan and they needed to take my child. That's right. That is hard. And that's where the blueprint is within you. It's different, right? Right. Yes. And we all grieve the different way. Yes. We all believe different things. Totally. Um, and that could be something that we're as a, a as a as a bystander to you or a friend to you. I can be aware of. Yeah. Well, and even if you having not known me, right? Sure. If you're going to talk to someone and you're going to be open about this grief, try to think about what they need. It's the empathy thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not what is making you feel better in that moment. Von Galen, I have. I have learned this, and this is, I'm so happy that you spoke of this because it's almost like humanity wants to hear the drama. Yeah. Right? Or we want to just, we just want to be, we want to serve us. Like, what what the heck happened? There's an evolutionary evolutionary part of that. Yes. It's not our fault. No. And it's true. That's right. (laughs) And it's true. However, to be on a deeper thread with you, it would be let's get myself out of this. Okay, I want to know how Jacob died. Okay, I get it. Yeah, we all want to know. We all want to know. Heck yeah. But the first thing out is, that we, I've had conversations with other people, oh my gosh, how did Jacob die? Yeah. You know, instead of like, uh-uh, how are you on Galen? And and I did, do you ever find yourself in that yeah. situation? Yeah, you know, I again, I completely recognize, like, I'm the same way. I want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what's happened to everybody. And that, again, that's a, that is something that I've heard people talk about on the evolutionary scale. And also, that is a way for us to be like, what happened so I can avoid it? I mean, that is 
deep down, that is what that is. We are trying to protect ourselves and protect our children. True. Mm -hmm. We don't mean it. And that's what it is. That's right. Um, It's so hard to be truly empathetic, even for the most empathetic human. Um, it because we are supposed to take care of ourselves. It is deeply ingrained that we protect ourselves, and that means taking in any, any information that could benefit us mm-hmm. in any way. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't mind when people ask me by any means. Do you mind if I ask how he died? I don't mind when that's the first question out of your mouth, or you have just met me, and that's what you're asking me. I. I mean, I'll tell you, but I don't know that you have earned the right to hear about my son. It seems like you're not interested in Jacob. You're interested in a baby who died. That's okay, but don't say it to me. Ask somebody else. Somebody (laughs) could ask you that question about me, and you could say, what I know is da-da-da, and that's fine. But be mindful that when you're talking to the person, especially right off the bat, like not the best time. I will also tell you that things that helped me, and this is, again, a personal blueprint this might be, there are going, there are going to be people out there that are like, nope, I, I've been through it and I disagree. I have friends, especially that first year. And then it's continued who've sent me ornaments with Jacob's name on it each year for Christmas. It warms my soul to have him be remembered. Wow. You thought of my child at Christmas. Thanks. Come on. Um, it's one of my favorite gifts to give yes. to grieving parents. I actually, it's so funny, I have one of the ornaments literally in my pocket exactly. of my jacket over there because I'm delivering it today, and I hate that I have to deliver that. Yes. Obviously, we're beyond Christmas. I didn't get to see them before Christmas. Um, so there's that. But, so, that's a, but that was a really good gift uh, recommendation be, yeah. after it's, getting that. It's a beautiful thing, and it's because I'm acknowledging, again, I'm acknowledging your child or the mm-hmm. person you lost. Now, if somebody loses their husband, it might not make sense to get them an ornament with their husband's name on it. Sure. Uh, Just saying to them, I'm thinking of you, and I'm hoping that you're finding some peace in this year and this time of year. Like, you you can just acknowledge it, but um, it helps me so much. Truly, those gifts are just acknowledgement of Jacob's existence, right? That's what that is. So that really helped me. Um, And I will tell you that in terms of hurting, you know, I talk a lot about the religious aspect that, and I just, that part gets to me, um, because I know that it's coming from a good place. It's not coming from my place in that same vein, people that say, you know, it's God's plan or they say everything happens for a reason is another way it comes across. Mm -hmm. Uh, You do not not need, you do not need to tell me that my child died for, for like, listen, not saying it's not true. not saying that there aren't good things that come out of terrible things. That's not something you need to say to me. Um, Keep that to yourself. Uh, I think that's an important one. Trying to be what other people need me to be or expect me to be, expectation is really intense. That's the most hard and hurtful thing is I'm trying to take care of you. I just can't. I'm trying to take care of me right now. Mm -hmm. So helpful, take care of my child. Love my child. Love us. Hurtful, trying to fix it. You can't. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. And that's your journey. Yes. That's, that's part of what you're doing with your daughter and your husband. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think that's a, another way and play that, that humans do is like, we always want to fix things. I'm always, the same way. Right. You got a problem. You'll all solve it. I know. <laughs> I know. But again, that's where we can be uh, more yeah. cognizant and, and, and approach it in a very slower pace and yeah. really think about things and be more aware and just be mindful, like, if you care, mm-hmm. 
than just care for them and care with them. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's great advice. Stand next to them, wrap your arms around them, be there with them. Okay, this is a big one. Okay. I know I know you're ready for this. I'm ready. How in the heck has your marriage survived? Oh gosh, it's a tricky one. You know, <laughs> here we are sitting talking so authentically authentically about these things and true story, I mean, I cannot explain all the nuances openly because it's not just my story to tell, it's my husband's as well. Um, our marriage is hanging on every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's any different than anyone else's marriage. Come on. Right? Yeah. I, we just have this this lump there. Yeah. Um, so, number one, I was like, Zoe needs to go into therapy and we need to go to therapy. Just to make sure. Like, I don't know. And this is because I don't know how to do this. You just threw me into a decathlon. I've never trained. I need a coach next to me, right? I don't know. Um, I just needed help anyway. And you knew that oh, right away. Yeah. And I think I knew that mainly because I'd gone through postpartum depression so badly. Get some help. Yeah. I can't solve this and I don't have the energy to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I can't rely on our family and friends to try to solve it because they're grieving too. And they're not on the outside. So immediately found a therapist. I will tell you that um, I, Matt did not respond to therapy. He It hurts him more than it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I don't need to sit around and talk about the fact that Jacob died. I know, and it hurts. So he's a different human, right? This is that story of different blueprints. Yeah. I have moved through my grief and talking about Jacob and hearing his name matters to me and it moves me. It hurts my husband. Um, but we went right into therapy. We tried to talk through it. It became very apparent that that's not what he needed. That's what I needed. And so I continued therapy. He chose not to. And I think that that's a really important thing to note in your marriage. When you go through something horrific, especially like this, you are not the same person going through the same thing. You are two different human beings from two different spaces of life. And you have to honor that you see things and feel things and need things differently. And if you can honor that in your partner, take care of yourself, honor what they need. Not, I'm not saying give them what they need. You, you don't have it right, but honor what you need, honor what they need separately and walk that path together. Um, there was this analogy and this other analogy, this thing, and it all came together into my analogy, which is grief is an ocean. And what happens is you're on a, you know, we're on life, we're on this beautiful boat. And then our boat gets smashed into a million pieces and you are literally drowning in, in the ocean and you find one little piece to hang on to. And that could be the next day, the next week or the next month. But for a while, you're just taking in water. Once you find something to hang on to, hang on to that. But if you try to grab your spouse and have them hang on to it too, you're both going down. You can't hold your spouse up. You take care of yourself. Now, children, exception. Like you put your kids out there and that's, they're, they are going on the first thing that floats, right? That's right. Fine. And you just keep going. And as you find more things to hold on to and build your raft, essentially, there may come a time when you can lash your raft back together with your partner. And then the storm comes through again and smashes it all up again. And you don't ever know when it's going to come. And, you know, it's a wa- It's waves, waves of grief. I've got, I've got day- good days and I've got days where I'm in the trough. So you just have to be really mindful. And I think the reason our marriage has survived is because I have honored what I needed and I've seen and honored what he needed. And I've been very clear. I can't fix that for you. You can't fix this for me. We are here. Deep breaths and let's move through this as we can. Um, I think so many of us think that marriages fall apart after you lose a child. It turns out the statistic is only 16%. That's what I asked. It's only 16%. Mm -hmm. I, and you know, 
it's one day at a time. Matt and I have been through some hard times. There ha- there have been there has been one particular time since we lost Jacob where I was like, we're not gonna make it. Yeah. Like that's it. And I'm so grateful that we came through that. Um, we came through that because I turned inward and said, what can I do here to take care of myself and to take care of what I'm capable of controlling in this moment? And if we can do that every day in our marriage, things get better. Um, because if we are well, we can take care of others then. But if we are not well, we cannot take care of others. That's right. So moving through that, I'd love to tell you that like, oh, weekly date nights are how we survived. And we <laughs> don't have weekly date nights. Man, it's it's on my like vision board. <laughs> but no. Um, great. Yeah. It, it seems also too uh, that, you know, the book of five love languages. Love the love language. Love it. Yeah. Right. And and really in all situations, we can we can apply this. In, 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 in grieving yeah. mm-hmm. as well. It's like, you just nailed it. Like, he's his own individual, so are you, yeah. and we have to treat it that way. Yeah. Instead of wanting him to be in grief just like you, because that would make more sense, right? Yeah. It'd be easier. And, you know, it came, that part came so, became so readily apparent, and it really, um, I really saw it as clearly as I possibly could on the one-year anniversary of Jacob's death. Uh, Matt's cousin had a wedding that day. So oh. six months early, we got... An invitation, and I looked at the invitation and said, "I am not going. Yeah. Not you going. Know. Like, I'm not going. It's the one year anniversary of the, my child's death. I'm not going to try to go be a person. Cheery and yeah, happy. Yeah. No. And I'm an extrovert. I'm like I'm a full tilt extrovert. We all know it. And strangely, in grief, I want to be completely left alone. I don't want anyone near me. I want I want to be completely left alone in every way, shape, and form. So my husband said, no, we have to go to this wedding. We're expected to go. And I said, I'm all done with have tos and shoulds. Like I can't, if you You said go, yeah. And if you want to go and that's good for you, you go. And he said, and he said what I'd been thinking, but wait, shouldn't we be together on that day? My therapist who's a brilliant person had already talked me through this. And I'd said those words and she said, you're two different humans who experienced the same thing, the same situation but no if you need x and he needs y then go do those things and honor that and it was the smartest advice and you could see him feeling like is that really okay he went to the wedding with his brothers and his family i stayed home everything was exactly as it was supposed to be it was lined out and it was beautiful and i'm so grateful that we both were able to see that that's great yeah really really important well from the from the hierarchy of you and your husband being married, then comes your children. Yeah. One you lost. Yeah. And one is still here with you. Yeah. How just... do you how do you parent this other child? Oh my through gosh. Grief? I'll tell you what, it's um it's tricky. Now Zoe is a rock star. Yeah. Um, and some of my greatest joy over the past three and a half years has been when she talks and she does it regularly, when she talks about Jacob as though he's just part of our life and he's there. So one of my favorites was Mom, these shoes are so great. We, like, very girly shoes. I think she was four and a half. We should get these. And you'll get a pair, and Dad will get a pair, and Jake will get a pair, and we'll all wear them and match. <laughs> and I said, sweetheart, I love that. You know Jake, he's not here, right? And she said, I know, but he's still part of the family. Oh. Thank, thank you, my love. Yeah. She draws pictures of him. They do. They did a, an art class. They did, like, um, snowmen in their class. They painted snowmen, and it was a family portrait. She brought it home for Christmas, and we opened it, and there were four snowmen. Jake matters. <laughs> and I'm so grateful. Oh, um, so I've been really lucky. What I will say to you is I truly believed that therapy was important for her right at that moment. So she could figure out how the heck to do this without a broken mom. The, <laughs> the hardest thing about that for me is that 
I am not and will not ever be the parent I was before he died. Right. I'm a different human. And I really hope that that's okay. I really hope that there's not some version of the parent I was going to be that was really great and that we lost. That part really hurts, right? Yeah. That's the one, that's probably the one that gets me the most. Um, and so therapy right away, because I was like, I don't have the bandwidth to take care of you in that sense. And so I need you to have an outlet. And that went really well. And you know what? She saw this beautiful woman did play therapy. And the woman's like, I think she's fine. I think she's okay. Yeah. yeah. And reading books, uh, there's a beautiful book called Lifetimes. If you are a person that, or if you know a person who has children, young children, and they've just lost someone, anyone, Lifetimes is the most beautiful book. It's really good. Um, talking really honestly with Zoe. The funny thing is we think we need to uh, protect our children. But what I realized was talking to children is the most honest, real thing you can do. So like this, what happened to Jake? Jake died. Huh. Well, where is he? That's a great question, honey. His body is now floating in the sky because we had his body made into ashes and we let it float in the sky and we let it play in the water. And so he gets to play in the sky in the water. But really, that's a big question. And a lot of people have a lot of different beliefs. Some people, like, and I can name them in our lives, some people believe in, in God and heaven and they believe that Jacob got to go to heaven and he gets to play up there and it's awesome. Isn't that cool? And some people believe that nothing happens. I don't believe that. I believe that there's this energy and he's all around and when we need him, he's there and he's doing beautiful things in this world somehow. We just can't see it. So you can talk so honestly and it has helped me externally process what I think about spirituality, what I think about afterlife, how I feel about death. Zoe has two dear friends who have walked this path. They're like sisters to her and they still talk about him. Like he's here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like they'll, he'll get heavy on them. Like we can feel, we call it getting heavy. We can feel him. And it's the same thing. Like, oh, Jake died, huh? How did Jake die? And we say, well, this is an interesting part. When you're parenting, you, you can't say, you have to be careful because if you say, oh, he got, he got, um, sick and he died, you could scare them. Like if they get the cold, yeah, yeah, they get, they can get scared or he went to sleep and didn't wake up. They might not go to sleep. You have to be really mindful of what you say to children at certain ages, right? So what I said was something happened with his body and we don't actually know what it is, but his body couldn't work the way it needed to work anymore. And when that happens, we die. We don't really know. It's so real. And so... And it's true. And it's true. Yeah. So if you're honest with your children, right? And and you can tell them, I believe this. Here we go. Um, I think being honest with your children is so crucial. And it allows them to feel like they can ask you more. One of the hard things is that when I cry, it makes Zoe uncomfortable, right? And I understand why it's hard to watch your mom cry. And I remind her, hey... It's okay for me to cry. It means that I'm feeling emotion and I'm missing Jake and that's okay. And it's so valuable for her to hear that. So my, my advice is seek outside help when you need it or before you think you need it. Be honest with them. Right. Don't shy away from it. They're feeling it too. And then one of my favorite things is like, you want to sit down and draw a picture about Jake? Like art therapy is great. Do you want to make a garden for Jake? Fine. Let's go make a garden. We have a Jake garden. And Zoe's just wonderful. Like she just lets me walk through this. I really think that 
I don't like to, I don't want to put the, the weight on her of like, you're the one that saved us, but I truly believe that she has been such a gift and an angel, if you want to call her that, to walk me through this mm-hmm. because she's let me see it from such an honest and, and beautiful and young perspective. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I also, I also am hearing too, Zoe's able to speak truth to her friends yeah. and to people around her opposed to you not telling her what happened Yeah. or, you know beating around the bush and yeah. then and then she's maybe a little bit more confused than she needs to be as a child absolutely and so you know it's great advice it's a really um it's beautiful to have that truth for a million reasons so she went into kindergarten last year and I went to her teacher ahead of time and I said listen it's important for you to understand that Zoe lost her brother um he died when she was three and a half and she talks about it openly I tell you this because it's going to come up I don't want you to be caught off guard we talk about it openly and that there are other families that choose not to. And I'd like you to be prepared to deal with that in case Zoe says something in front of someone and the parent is not happy with that. Zoe drew a picture and the teacher's like, thank you. I was confused because here's this picture she drew and it says, this is me and mom at the beach and that's my brother in her belly. And I was so confused. So let me clarify, right? right? It's the same exact thing, giving Zoe the power to talk about it just as it is. It's the same thing, I believe, as giving her the power to talk about the fact that at six, her body doesn't wake her up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, so she wears pull-ups. We can set our children up to be made fun of so much, or we can empower them to say, here are the pieces of my life that are different or hard or whatever, and they're part of me, and you don't get to make fun of them because that's silly. It's such a value. So we've Mm -hmm. approached all of it from that perspective of, it's just true. Just say the truth. Yep. You're wonderful. Oh, thanks. All right. If you could go back and change oh. things, but the outcome didn't change. Yeah. What would you do, Von Galen? So if I could relive that night again, or the six weeks up to it, but like nothing was going to change. He was still going to die. Um, that's probably really abrasive for people to hear me say, my child died. And I get it. I remember hearing those words out of somebody's mouth off the bat. So for those of you that are sensitive to that, I'm sorry. It's yes. real. Yeah. Um, so I would just spend more time. So that night uh, or that day, I was packing and I do the like tornado, ah, nothing's okay, we have to pack. And I'm so mindful since then of being like, I'm not going to be a horrendous monster the day that we're trying to leave town. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Calm down. Huh. Yeah. Funny thing, I had never shared that with my husband until this last tri- some last trip we took and I was like, listen, because we were fighting. And I said, I can't do this. And he had no idea that I had correlated those two things together. Sure. Really crucial. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little trigger. It's a total trigger. Yeah. But that day, you know, I, I did spend time with him. It's one of my most beautiful memories of him. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that time. But then when things went wrong, right, and he made this noise, and I was handing to people, like, please help me. And we were like, I was like, what do I do? Is he Okay. Every one of us, every one of us, like, it's fine, it's gas, it's fine. And they're holding him to give mom a break, right, to let me sit down and eat. And I remember the whole time thinking, like, I just want you to hand me my baby back. I just, I need, but then I, you're being selfish. They want to hold the baby. They came to see the baby. It's okay. I would have held him. I would have had somebody else drive to the hospital while I sat in the back seat, talking to him, touching him. Just more time. That's all any of us want at the end of the day is yeah. more time with the people we love. And if we can remember that and live our life like that right now, yeah. it'll change things for everybody. So more time. If I if I couldn't change the outcome, but I could change leading up to it, that's it. 
Now we're just slobbering, so sobbing messes. <laughs> no Kleenex in sight. We don't even have any Kleenex here. Someone get us the blankets. Kleenex. We'll use it. Um, it's tragic. That's why it's tragic because we learned so many lessons after. Yeah. You know, and hindsight but, is twenty twenty. In hindsight, yeah, and but if people are really willing to be open to be conscious right now, yeah. While they listen, or just in life in general, like me listening to you over the the time that yeah. I've had, like you can learn so much. You can embrace that in your own life, and then you can. I've learned so much from you already. Slow down, um, and, and embrace the moment. And and I'm telling you, these are very niche things that we're hearing and seeing on Instagram. Yeah. All these things, They're but serious. if we really yes <laughs> take them in as truth and seriousness. Yeah. We can live our better, best life. Yeah. Right? You're right. We see these pretty pictures, right? And we're like, okay, thank you for the motivational quote. But truly, if you think what might be behind that, why somebody said that, it changes everything. Well, even like last night, I'm looking at the sky. Oh, You know, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it makes me sad. I like want to text everyone in my book and be like, look at the sky. Yeah. You know, but the annoying thing is like. That I'm texting everyone. Sure, so you're not looking at the sky, right? But <laughs> but it's just the the tranquility and the serenity that truly is around us all times. Oh, you know, your Jacob, yeah, was and you know, and he was over there, and you just wanted to hold him in and, and embrace that. And I cannot. People say this all the time too. Even as a, I have a 12 and a seven year old, they yeah. say because so many different versions. You know, mothers are in different places and chapters yep. of their life, right? And it doesn't matter. Grandma, treasure whatever. every moment. Treasure every moment. How many times have we heard it? And I and I and I and I love when they are said because it really puts my feet into the ground. Yeah. Let's be real clear. Even in this moment, there are still moments where I'm like, Zoe helps our Coney, you will go out of this door and you will give me a moment. It doesn't change parenthood. It doesn't change that we're crazy. No. And guess what? What it changes is that when she says, Mom, can you sit down with me and read a book? The answer is Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, babes. I'm yeah. right there. I am all in on you. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And so we were talking about the Pomodoro technique. That's right. And please, uh, we're going to end the podcast with this. I'm going to ask you one more question, okay. Andrew, okay? Yep. But this um, concept is, was shared on my Facebook the other day yeah. and Instagram through through um, my inspiration. And yeah. if I can touch on this for just a second, there's people around us that are vessels like you are a vessel in this life to help other people and also most foremost help yourself. Yeah. And you've done such a great job over the course of the three years to your healing process and your growth and and now you're in now you're probably in a place of vulnerability. Yep. And 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 that outreach is there like you feel comfortable. Yeah. Enough to do that. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyways this this woman that's sitting before me gave me a huge epiphany the other day <laughs> and I hope that every single one of you um, hear it. So, uh, I started this years and years ago, having not known that it was a technique and I realized that I needed to work in small focused pieces of time. We've all heard this. And so 20 minutes seems to be a good space of time. And so I find that I come into this when I am overwhelmed, when I'm stressed, when I have a lot on my plate and I can't hang. And now as a mom, I find that when I'm sitting there thinking, what is wrong with my child? She is freaking out. She's just not okay. She's a blubbering mess all the time. This has been a week of nonsense. I recognize this is a time when she needs the particular technique. So it's called the Pomodoro technique. And I found out the words far later and that it's a real thing. And of course there's scientific backing, but the idea is that you do 20 minutes of highly focused, undisturbed 
whatever. And so you set an external timer. I take my Apple Watch off. I don't have my phone. Because that could be a distraction. Right, you're, you're distracted. Yep. And I set, it's usually in my house, and so I'll set a timer. And if it's on my phone, I will set the timer on my phone and set my phone away from me. But on my microwave, I usually set it. And then I'm focused 100% on whatever it is I'm doing or playing with my child, which is my favorite one. And they're, at the start, I've gotten stronger, as I told you, but at the start, you will have this moment of like, ooh, I should jump up and switch the laundry. Ooh, I should just put that over there. It'll take me two seconds. <laughs> And you really have to say to yourself, no, stay here. It's mindfulness is really what it is, right? And you stay. And once you do it a few times, you realize 20 minutes will come. The timer will go off. And you will have remembered that you need to go switch the laundry. And you get up and go do it. When I give myself that undistracted time, I'm so productive. And I'm so invested. And so when I give it to Zoe or to my husband or to my friends, if I'm like, listen, I have 20 minutes and I am all yours it never feels like, it, as I said, it never feels chintzy. Yeah. It never feels like you only got 20 minutes for me. It feels so good. And Zoe loves it. She's like, yes. <laughs> 20 minutes of your Mom. undivided attention, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. And sometimes she'll be like, wait, I, the timer went off, but I'm not done. And I say, okay, can you give me 10 minutes to get some things done? And I'll set the timer and I'll come back to 20 minutes. So however you need to do it. Yeah. There have been days where I'm like, I need to work in seven minute increments. I got to just get little things done. Yeah. Whatever it looks like. But I find that this is beneficial no matter what. And it's so beneficial with your children. I'm all in on you. 20 minutes a day. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes of exercise a day. 20 minutes of walking a day. 20 minutes of reading a book a day. It doesn't matter what it is. When you set the external timer and then that thing comes and you're like, oh, I need to do. No, I need to do that later. Right now I need to do this. It really does change the world. Right. Um, something that I just noticed is. One thing that you would go back with Jacob would yeah. be time. Time. And here you are. Oh, how interesting. Time. Yeah. I never even connected the two. You're with absolutely Zoe. right. And I did that Pomodoro with Zoe before Jake was born. So that's, that's beautiful. It's that hardcore time. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to ask you yeah. for the subscribers that are listening and maybe tuning in for their first time right now. Sure. Um, everyone does deal with grieving differently, but what is something that you haven't said yet? that you would give advice to, to someone that is listening, that is mm. going through grieving or someone that they know that they can send project you to them yeah. from Von Galen. So the most important thing I can say to someone who is not particularly in the grief right then, but they have someone out there who's grieving and they don't know what to say to them, right? Is the best thing you can say is I'm so sorry. This is terrible can add expletives if it if it feels right it did feel right for a long time for me yes, sure. <laughs> I'm so sorry this is terrible I'm right here with you so those are great things to say to someone literally that's all you have to say okay say that and end it beautiful now I have to ask yeah what are the worst things to say uh, I will <laughs> oh honey at least you have another child you're young you can still have more um You'll see him again someday. Don't worry about it. Um, maybe, it, I mean, truly, maybe it was just, maybe he wasn't supposed to be here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and if I may just say, I don't care how close you are to the person. Don't ask me if I'm going to have more kids. It's none of your business. And it's such a big can of worms. It is not a question that I can process with anybody else. And so if I show up pregnant one day, you'll know the answer was yes. And if I never show up pregnant, you know the answer was no. So... <laughs> I get that so often and I'm like flabbergasted that people think that that is an acceptable question to ever ask anyone, grief, lost child or not, 
You don't know what people are going through. You don't know what they're struggling with. Don't ask them if they're going to have kids. Just don't. Stay away from it. I love it. It's not your business. I love your truth. For the people that are grieving. Yeah. I love it. Hold on to whatever piece of raft you've got. Listen to what your body and your mind tell you. Honor it. Do it. And take it one day at a time because the world is a better place with you in it. You're so amazing. Every project you podcast, we end with an action of the week. Ooh. Yes. I love it. And so they have journals and um, they're growing right now. And even if they might not be grieving, there might come a time where we, we, we're going to grieve for a loved one. Yeah. And um, I'd love to, I'd love to have you think of something oh. um, on impromptu yes. of, of three things that they can write down that, that would help them along the way. So first and foremost, I would just say journaling in general is okay. the thing I wish I had done yeah. over the past three years on a consistent basis. So um, if you're writing it down, great. But also give yourself 10 minutes this week to just sit, set the external timer. Okay. You can give yourself 20 minutes, fine. And just sit down and write. Um, I write letters to Jacob. It's how I lead. And so you can write a letter to someone. Maybe it's someone that you've lost in your life who's still alive, a friend that you're no longer speaking to someone that passed away a long time ago that maybe you didn't have everything said or maybe you had a perfect relationship with that person and they died. But sit down and give yourself 10 to 20 minutes um, to journal in any way you want. And if that's a letter to them, please do. Um, Number one. Number two, get outside. And I don't care if it's you're sitting on your back porch just breathing for five minutes. Go outside, look at the sky. If it's my choice, you go outside and look at the stars because I have such... Oh, I love it, that. It's a thing for me and Jake, are the yeah. stars. Yeah. Um, so go outside and go outside in some way. If you can hike, great. If you can snowshoe, great. If you can sit in your backyard, fine. Um, and if you can't get outside, sit quietly in your car with it turned off. It's actually a magic place to be. So that's number two. <laughs> and number three is tell someone that you love them that you haven't said that to, or maybe that you do say it to, but really tell them, really tell someone you love them or, or admire them or are appreciative of them. Give someone that gift right. this week. I love that it. was pretty good. That was so good. <laughs> Impromptu. Well, we're going to end. And I just want to thank you. Um, thank you. I admire you. I admire you right back. I, I honor you and your blessings are before you every single day. And it's so cool to to watch you serve um, to this world and to this life. I'm so honored that you asked and gave me a platform to share with people Jacob's name and our story and our path. And I hope that it helps somebody. And if it, the other side is if it makes somebody angry and they want to scream, go right ahead. (laughs) Go scream, girl. (laughs) Honor yourself. That's right. Thank you guys so much. Every moment in life is an opportunity to practice being who you want to become. Follow your heart. And remember that love truly does win. Thanks for tuning in with me, you guys. Till next time. Mwah.